0: And welcome down to Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. Pull up a seat at our 9-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. And Ed, I am very excited because I am walking into opening day with a two-person pod of seats in the lower deck, which I don't know how I pulled off. I am oh. dead center in that little half section uh, in <laughs> like in center field where the fan deck kind of like takes part of your view away. Yes. But I'm far enough down on the left field side that unless something is like there's I'm probably missing about 10 10 feet of uh, of the outfield where I wouldn't have to stand up and look otherwise I've got a really good view I lucked out somehow able to do this we're recording the show on Tuesday that was my dad's slot if he didn't want to buy the entire homestand now they're back to the season ticket holders that just want to buy individual games and he finally came along the guy came over with his iPad like he was all nervous. He's never. He doesn't use the online tickets. He's used to the idea that they mail him his tickets. Like he's he, he's a mess. Like I had to link up my iPhone to his account, and then I had to like take him through the purchasing of tickets. And I walked him through. it. He's not even going to be here. He's going to Florida. No. Oh, okay. And he's like, but he's like, I want my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so you go to the games. And I'm like, fine, I'm going to the game. So I'm going to that, and I'm also going to the Wednesday night Indians game the week after that. I've got two sets of two each one of my older kids are going to get to accompany me to one of those games because it's too cold for my wife
1: and the little guy but I'm excited you should be excited I mean that's this is a long time coming frankly right
0: it was a long time coming and another thing that may be a long time coming Ed is if you have had seepage in your basement recently and you've been telling yourself I'm gonna call family waterproofing solutions I don't know what you're waiting for give them a call listen it's the wet season things have thawed out over the winter All kinds of weird things happen with, like, ice and snow and, you know, frozen ground. Your foundation may not be the same as it was when the winter began. Give them a call. The phone number right on the Socks in the Basement logo. They are our proud sponsors. Veteran-owned, family-owned, and they give a portion of the proceeds to first responders and veteran organizations. Make sure you mention Socks in the Basement. You get money off FAMWS.com. Meanwhile, I buy these tickets, and, you know, I'm telling Dad... I'm sure you're not going to miss this anyway. It's going to be cold out there. You're going to be down in Florida. And he goes, no, I'm really upset. He's like, when I booked this trip, I booked it back in November. I thought that the world was going to be shut down for three more years. It felt like nothing was happening. There were no vaccines. Your mother and I rented this house because we're like, at least we could spend a month outside with a pool. Like this was his plan. This was his escape from the pandemic. And now baseball's back and he's regretting the fact that he's going down to Florida for a month. Like he's like, I really wish I was going to opening day. (laughs) So I could see that in his eyes. Like he was upset when he was talking to me that he wasn't going to opening day. And so, you know, I, I, and I, there's part of me that I'm taking a certain sense of pride that I'm going, because I know there's a lot of people that want to go and are not going to get the opportunity to go and to kind of give an idea to people who might still be in line when they're listening to the show might still be selecting tickets or might be wondering what it looks like right now. It is a rarity that a lower deck seat is available. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Like they're pretty much on any date, almost out of all the lower deck stuff. There's some dates with the Indians games that are down the line that are out in the outfield that look like they still might be on the lower deck right now. And I know we've got to be getting towards the end of the season ticket portion of this. And maybe there'll be something that's still left over for the general population because there are upper deck seats that are definitely available at pretty much every game, including opening day right now, but not a lot. All right. And it all depends on your pod. That's the other thing that was really interesting about it. Like, if you wanted seats in a section, you also had to decide what sized seat pod. One, two, three, four, five. So, like, if I wanted to sit in, like, uh, like let's say I was, I think I was looking at, like, section 103 at one point, right? And I'm looking at it, and I see that I want to get into that section. There was nothing available for single tickets, two seats, three seats. There was a five-seater in there, and there were two four-seaters, because there's different size pods in each section. So you also have to decide, like, do I want to bring four people so I can sit in this section? Do I want to tell cousin uh, Sal that he's not going to the game because I got to get a three-person pod so we're kicking him out because I don't want to sit in the upper deck? Like, those are the decisions you're kind of making when you're buying the tickets. But I thought it was really well organized and very easy to do. They did a great job, I'll tell you that.
1: Well, I, You know, it sounds like it's it's what you would expect, right? And I'm glad to see and hear that what you're what you're dealing with is, like you said, two things. One, not only looking at the section you want to be in, but then also deciding how many seats that you're going to get and what kind of a pod you're going to get. And the fact that they've got the variations there means that they're taking this thing very seriously. And it's not just going to be something where, uh, you know, they're going to look and see, okay, well, we had a bunch of people in 103 and we had uh, one, two, three, uh, 12 people go for four seat pods and uh, another five people go for two-seat pods, and then there's one loser who's going by himself. Um, You know, And and they're trying to do it on the back end. The fact that they're making you pick right up front, and and it makes sense to me too that you would run out of the two-seaters real quick or the three-seaters real quick, and that you would have some five-seat pods that are sitting there because it's an odd number. But that is, you know, that's a family right there though too in some ways that you're sitting there saying, okay, we've got, you know, spouses and two and a half kids and we're going to take them to the seat And even the half a kid needs a seat so
0: yeah well you know what here's the thing we i made quick decisions while i was in there and you have to i was like first of all i was like guess what my wife's not going and we're going with two-person pods because i didn't want to sit upstairs now there were a couple of lower deck ones where i had to get five and i'm like i don't have five i'm not dragging out the little guy to a night game in april it'll be freezing i'll be miserable right no you're so not i wasn't gonna that. buy five as well so you know those are the decisions you had to make while you were doing it but i'll tell you this there's a chance There's a real legit chance looking at how it's set up that some seats are going to make it out to the general population that aren't season ticket holders. There's a chance. The fact that they started giving up, you had to buy the entire homestand to be able to get opening day early. That was last week. And now we're towards the back end of the season ticket holders that have only, I mean, dad's only had them now for a couple of years. He took a break during the rebuild. He was mad about that. He's like, well, I've had my account forever. I'm like, yeah, but you disappeared during the rebuild. So you don't get to be salty and disappear for three years and then all of a sudden get a better choice than the guy that sat through the rebuild, Dad. you got to wait. So I know we've got to be towards the back end. I'm sure there's still season ticket holders that bought their first set of season tickets this year that haven't gotten their opportunity yet. But the fact that I was able to get opening day seats tells you that because you have to pick your pod size, some things might not have worked for season ticket holders and you might see certain size pods slip through the cracks so there is hope for you if you're trying to figure out if you're going to get to go to a ball game during the first home stand now who's going to be on that team who's making this roster ed has strong thoughts and so do i especially after some injuries and some demotions and Reynaldo lopez guess what buddy i think this may be the end of your career in the majors with the chicago white Sox if they can find a way to trade you or, and the only way you're getting back up if there's a, like a really bad injury.
1: The only way he's getting back
0: up is if the plane crashes. Wow, Ed. Dark. Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes, in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from six to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115 year old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard, you've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Let's take a look at the roster Let's uh, try to figure out what's going to happen here. Let me first give a quick overview, and then I want to hear your thoughts on it, Ed. So the White Sox currently have, at this very moment that we're sitting down and talking, it could change by the time that you listen to the show, 28 players that are on the 40-man and also in camp. So there are some guys on the 40-man that have already been reassigned to the minor leagues, and there are some guys that are non-roster invitees that may still be in Major League camp, but they're not part of the active roster because they're not on the 40-man. You have to get that 28 down to 26, and then you're actually going to have to make more room if you're going to take on a LeCroy, maybe a Billy Hamilton. There might be a few players you want to add on. But right now, the way it's split up is there's 13 players and 15 pitchers that are both on the 40-man and still on the Major League roster in the Major League camp. A couple of them we know aren't going to start the season with the White Sox. Chase Fry is going to go on a 60-day DL that'll open up a spot on the 40-man roster, and then Adam Engel's probably going to start on the the short-term injured list. On a 10-day. Yeah, he'll be on a 10-day probably, and it might extend more than 10 days, but they're not going to put him on a 60.
1: Not with with a hamstring injury. He'll he'll be back in the first half. He'll probably be back by May, I would think. Right, I would think he comes back
0: rather soon. The thing is that we have pitchers and we have players to look at. Let's just set the rule before we get started. I believe eight relievers... I don't think they're going with seven. And I believe that they will go 13 and 13 out of their 26, 13 players and 13 pitchers, because coming off of a shortened season, you may need to find a path to the ninth inning and you may need to spell some starting pitchers early so you don't wear them out. It's a long year and they didn't pitch a lot last year. Does
1: that make sense? That makes sense to me. And I agree with you that they're going to go with the extra pitcher. I think almost every team is going to go with the extra pitcher to the extent that, as you just described. But I also think the Sox might have gone with the extra reliever anyway. Uh, if for no other reason then they don't want to overuse certain guys early on, and I think they want to try and see what they have in somebody like, say, Matt Foster, who hasn't looked great in spring, was really good last year, but in a short sample size.
0: And the thing is, just in case anybody's confused by it, last year you were forced to go – 13 players, 13 pitchers. There's no requirement this year. No, you can you can go 14 and 12. You can do whatever you want to do here. Uh, the Sox, I think, will split this thing evenly because of how camp has gone and what they're going to end up doing. So five starters, eight relievers is what I think that they're going to end up doing. So before we get to the pitchers, why don't we look at the players? OK, because when we get to the pitchers, we got to talk about Ray Lowe. We got to talk about the acquisition of Nick Turley. They pick him up and they put him on the 40 man roster. But first, let's look at the players. Angles injured. With Angle injured, I would contend that Billy Hamilton now, a non-roster invitee, is going to be joining this team. Leary Garcia is the first guy off the bench to start a game in place of one of your three starting outfielders. He's the fourth outfielder. But late in the game, Hamilton's a better defender, and he's faster. So that you're almost making a hybrid angle, where you take the high-level defense and speed of Angle, and he's Hamilton. And then you take the hitting of Larry Garcia, which I think a lot of people underestimate that that boy can hit. Yes, he
1: can. Yes, he can.
0: He's got pop in that bat and he can get some hits for you. He's the guy that's that's bringing that part of Engel's game. And you can make a hybrid fourth outfielder of Engel out of those two guys in the short term. That's why I think Hamilton makes it. Do you think he makes it?
1: Well, I I don't think Hamilton's making it for that reason. I don't think Hamilton's making it because they they feel like they need a better defender than Larry Garcia in the late innings. I think if Hamilton's making it, it's because they wanted a speed burner off the bench. Because I think if they were just going for look, we might need somebody to man a you know man a position late in the game to preserve a lead and get Aloy Jimenez off the field because that's who we're talking about. I think they don't need to sign Billy Hamilton for that spot. They could have just kept Luis Gonzalez up and said, "All right, you're just a glove. You're not going to get too many at-bats. You got a couple of weeks here where you're not going to be doing much anyway because there's no minor league season." And they wouldn't need to worry about the roster crunch situation. The reason why they brought Hamilton in is for, you know, that, you know, the the 10th inning stuff where uh, you know, if you want a guy, you want that pinch runner to start and and be able to get somebody slower off of the field for that purpose that's why he's here he's the Jared Dyson role that that Dyson held last year for the Sox and i think a lot of teams are looking for but i you know i do agree with you though that you know if you're if you're choosing between Billy Hamilton and Nick Williams who are the two last kind of remaining non-roster invitee outfield options Hamilton has all three positions covered Williams is more of a corner guy Williams is more of a bat by a long shot than Hamilton is at, the, at this point. I don't think anybody thinks Billy Hamilton can hit a lick anymore.
0: No, he can't hit a lick. And that, that, you know what? You bring up a good point. Angle's injury ruined things for Nick Williams because he's he, now you have to say, what if I need that speed and that defense? What if I need that guy that can do that thing? And before you can sit there and say, well, I've got Adam angle off the bench. Well, now it's, yeah, don't. it's now you don't. And so Nick Williams, I thought has played very well for himself but I don't think it's any different than what he was doing for the Phillies before they signed Bryce Harper out of free agency, and the guy ended up without a job. And that's that's essentially the story of Nick Williams, a young prospect who had an opportunity with the Phillies but never really got an OPS over 700s, And and, and they wanted a guy that had more pop in that position. In reality, he's a nice backup outfielder, but when you're looking for that speed and that extra step on defense to make that play where he goes over the wall, it's Billy Hamilton especially when you don't have Adam Engel. Now, think about it this way. If Vaughn is going to break camp with the team, as they, they seem to be indicating, and you, you wonder if that's true or not, but Vaughn breaks camp with the team as a DH, you got four guys on your bench. Liary's for sure. Yeah. After that, it's assumed it's LaCroix. That's a 40-man ad. And in addition to Vaughn being a 40-man ad. Yep, so we're, we're at two. Right, if Hamilton gets added, that's a 40-man ad. So you got three guys being added onto the 40-man roster. And then that that last spot, that 26-man that guy who is going to be coming off the bench, do you give it to Zach Collins, who's done nothing but prove that he belongs on the major league squad? Or do you give it to Danny Mendick, who's done nothing to indicate he should break camp with the major league squad, but he could play an infield position? And does the angle injury, now forcing Leary Garcia to have to cover some outfield along with some infield, force you to have to keep Mendick on the roster at the beginning of the year? And it really kind of, it it makes some really interesting questions up. Like, I personally don't think it should. I think Colin should break camp with the team. I think Garcia, if let's say in the middle of the game, you know, somebody stubs their toe, comes in from the outfield and moves into the infield to take over that position. And Hamilton goes out to the outfield. That's what that's what I think you end up doing there. I don't think you
1: need to have Mendick. But that might be something right now they're considering. Yeah, I, I think they could be considering Mendick for that position only because, like you said, it gives them the extra infielder. But if if Vaughn doesn't break with the team, then I think it's Zach Collins' position to open the season as the DH, and even though he only has the positional, you know, you know, he only has the the catcher position really in his hopper, you assume that if they wanted to find a spot for him on the field, that they'd give him a shot at first, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if. At some point, you saw Zach Collins out in left field. If there was an emergency type of a situation, if he does break camp, I mean, he, first of all, he can't be any worse than Jimenez. <laughs> Although Jimenez made a great play out in the outfield, that but he most, did though. He most did. outfielders and, and
0: wouldn't have had to die for. He has to die for that because yes, of, that's the problem. That's right? the problem. Just
1: don't leave your feet, buddy. Just don't leave your feet. <laughs> but but I mean, it, you know, it, it to, the idea that Collins is going to simply stick only as a catcher or only as a DH, he's got problems with that. And I do think that if Tony La is looking at this guy thinking, i got to get this guy's bat into the lineup, or at least in the early going, i got to try and find a spot for him, then he's going to have to have some flexibility. And I think one of the areas that you could find him in is, is, hey, you know what? We're going to put him out in left field and see what happens. I mean, it didn't work for Carlton Fisk, but that doesn't mean it won't work for Zach Collins.
0: And I would imagine he has a first baseman's glove in his bag.
1: But I, if he doesn't, I, he can
0: borrow yeah, he can borrow Grandal's. But wouldn't it wouldn't it make more sense if let's say first of all Vaughn probably breaks with the team. If he doesn't break with the team early on, well then he's the DH as Collins, and, and so yeah. there's plenty of guys in line that could play first. Like I'd put Vaughn over there and I put Grandal there to spare his knees and keep him in the lineup before I put Collins there. So you're right. I think it would have to be left field or DH or catcher. Like those are the only positions that he legitimately probably could go out there and play on this team, but his bat has played so well in the spring and remember his draft position. Like at some point, don't you give the guy an opportunity to go and play? I mean, he's done everything. If he gets disappointed, he doesn't break camp with the team. He has every right to be disappointed. He was drafted to be what he is. This is he's being what he was drafted to be. It's not like he showed up and it was like, Oh, we thought you could play center field. No, we knew what he was. He's doing everything he can to be out there. And, and he did everything he could in spring training to break camp with the team. I'm rooting for him to make early on. I, I think you can go back about a month of shows ago. I didn't think Zach Collins was going to make this team. In fact, I was kind of against it. I was like, what has he done? You know, he needs more at bats. But now I look at what he's doing and I'm like, I, I I feel like the kid deserves it. I feel like he belongs out there. But there's a, there's a real roster crunch right now. And, you know, maybe because of the roster crunch, somebody's sitting around right now thinking, could Collins be the backup catcher? Do we really need to move another guy off the 40 man for LaCroix?
1: That's, that's a situation I think that that's popping up here. It's got to be a mention, conversation. It, it has to be a conversation right now because, first of all, Zach Collins, I called him a lazy fly ball batter at, at the start of spring training because I thought, once again, I'm just watching him loft fly balls into right field and center field, and he didn't seem to have any pop behind it. He didn't seem to have a different approach. And that's all we've watched him do is strike out and, and pop up in the in the majors. But you know, he did say he changed his approach. He was trying to do some different things. It has played. He is he is I, I know I mentioned that Arizona always seems to agree with him, but uh he's doing everything he needs to do. You're right. So on one hand, I think he's played himself into that conversation. And the question of how much do you want to rely on Yasmani Grandal at age 32? He's already twisted a knee once. To start the season here, how much do you want to plan on him catching 120 to 140 games versus having Collins in the lineup more? Uh, You know, do you want Yasmani Grandal to play 150 games, but only maybe catch 100 of those? In which case, Zach Collins is going to catch 60, and maybe he's doing some other things during you know to to get more at bats there too. The other thing is the roster crunch. If you already have to launch somebody off the 40 man to get. Andrew Vaughn on and let's say it's just Jace Fry on the 60 day DL to start off with
0: let me tell you who you're at probably ending up dropping let's th- let's think about that
1: well I've got I've got some thoughts too so All right. I mean, who do you have
0: i uh, um, right now what I have them is Fry goes on the 60 day DL but Engel only goes on the 10 day which doesn't affect the 40 man. the Fry move bre- gives you the av- availability of Andrew Vaughn okay so now you have two yeah. more that you might have to add because I think Hamilton and Lucroy let's just assume that they're making the team okay just for argument's sake if you're doing that, you got a DFA two people. Now Ruiz is still in camp, but I think what we're, we can get into it a little bit later. I think it's a Ruiz versus Nick Turley battle to the death right now. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you there. They're the only two pitchers. They're basically two pitchers that are currently there that are not non-roster invitees. There's 15 pitchers out there. One of them is going on a 60-day and Fry, leaving Nick Turley, who is just brought onto the team, versus Jose Ruiz, who's out of options going head-to-head for the eighth spot in the in the bullpen. I think that's that's clear. So one
1: of them is gone. Loser leaves town completely. This one is... of them leaves town. They're off the
0: 40-man roster. That opens up a spot, let's say, for LeCroy. You still have to find room for Hamilton. Zebby Zavala is the guy I'm, that's, I'm jettisoning.
1: That's exactly who I was looking at.
0: Hey, gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance... Forget it, nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss Thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708 535 3006, or shoot him an email, Butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zimar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zimar to work for you now. And I think what they're trying to do right now, I'm going to say this right now, I believe it. The White Sox are doing anything they can to get something for Reynaldo Lopez if they could trade him today. They would do it to get him off the 40-man roster. They just don't want to cut him. If they could find something that would at least let them sleep at night for moving on from him, in case somewhere down the line he figures it out, and it doesn't have to be a high-end prospect or anything, just somebody wants to trade one guy that's having troubles for another guy that's having troubles that they think they can fix, they'd make the deal right now. And they would, and they would get him off the roster. In fact, they would, I think they trade him for international signing pool, pool bonus money right now.
1: Well, I was going to say that might be the most valuable thing they can get is just some some bonus pool money.
0: Right, they get him off the forty man roster and they make room, and that, and that's. But right now, I would say Zavala, and then whoever loses the Ruiz and the newly acquired Nick Turley battle, those two guys go along with Fry going on the sixty day, and that opens up room for those three guys: Vaughn, Lucroy, and Hamilton
1: yeah and I think the other thing with Zavala is he's just he's fallen off well behind where any he's he's in the plans as a major league catcher for them. so he might be a guy that if he slides through waivers, they're happy to have him back, but if he doesn't, they move on they move on.
0: He's too old and hasn't shown enough for a prospect as a prospect, no. I don't think that there's any fruit any future for him. He was a guy that we no. were all impressed no, no, with no. a couple years ago in spring training and since then what has he done? And, and I don't think that there's anything that makes me feel like I have to keep him. Like, if I look in the hierarchy of catchers right now with the White Sox, I've got one of the best catchers in Major League Baseball in Yasmani Grandal. After that, you've got a top 10 draft choice in Collins that's showing you something in spring training. You've got a defensive veteran in Roy that's available to you. And you've got Yerman Mercedes. Where does Zebby Zavala fit in at his age? He's barely even getting used in spring training games. I think he's got something like he's got less than five at-bats. They're not using him because they don't have any real reason to put him out on the field. They already know what he is, and he's not part of their plans. They're not featuring him. They're not looking at him. They're not really interested in him. He's just a guy who helps them when they got to have pitchers go out and throw next to each other in a big line. That's what he is right now. So I think he's off. I think he's gone. I think that's it for him. I'm sorry. And Jose Ruiz, your time was here. You got plenty of second chances. I'm rooting for Nick Turley. To take your job. Let me tell you something about this guy before we get (laughs) out of here. No, no, let me tell you a little bit about Nick Turley because I don't think a lot of people know who he is. We
1: we haven't talked about the pitchers yet because we are still.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about Nick Turley first. Here's a guy that they pick up off of waivers. They add him at a 40 man, they put Cordero on the 60 day IL. So he's now in camp and he's part of the roster. Nick Turley is a guy that basically floundered in the minor leagues for the majority of his career from the time that he was a part of the Yankees in rookie ball in 08 through 2017 with the Twins, where he bounced between different organizations when he was in AAA, and he gets called up by the Minnesota Twins. He gets to pitch 10 games, and he has an ERA of 11.21. Ah,
1: but his whip was 2.15, so that would have made a fine ERA.
0: Yeah, (laughs) so Nick decides he's going to take a substance that he shouldn't have taken, and as the Pittsburgh Pirates acquire him, uh, he gets caught with an 80-game PED suspension. Right, He does not pitch in the majors or the minors from that point on until last season's shortened season where he goes out and pitches for the Pirates and he gets himself 25 games, 25 appearances, a 4.98 ERA, but most importantly, coming out of the pen, a 1.108 whip at the age of 30. Nick Turley is like that guy who you might be able to get a half a season out of of just amazingness. He might be he might be a viable eighth guy and he's a lefty. So he's another lefty arm. If he shows up in camp and shows him anything like what his line in Pittsburgh was in the shortened season last year. Goodbye, Jose Ruiz. This is your last chance, Jose. We picked up a guy off the scrap heap to roll the dice with and you got to beat him. If you can't, we don't feel bad anymore. Goodbye. That's why I think what this is.
1: Well, and and that's pretty much it, is is you're, you're rolling the dice. And I think what they're doing is they're rolling the dice on uh, somebody to do something until Jace Fry is ready to come back. Right. And if, if whoever it is, and it's probably not Jose Ruiz, but if whoever it is named Nick Turley at age 30 comes back and does what Jace Fry would have been doing, there's a chance that Fry doesn't even come back and get his job back right away. Now, the only other thing, too, with that is, the fact that Turley and Ruiz are both on the 40-man means that you could still have a non-roster invitee, and there's nobody left really, but you could still have a non-roster invitee, knock them both out, because you could just release both of these guys too and, and create space that way. And the other, and, and I think the other part of the roster crunch with them is Turley or Ruiz definitely makes it if they decide that Fry is not going on the 60-day, if they decide that he's only going to be a 10-day guy because they think his back is going to respond a lot faster than... Uh, You know, maybe what you what we might think as we're sitting here.
0: Well, between Ruiz and Turley, that's one spot on the 40 man that will become available and one has to be used either for one of them or if somehow a non roster invitee beats them both. If you're a non roster invitee for the White Sox in spring training, especially if you're a left handed relief pitcher and the White Sox had to go grab a Nick Turley this point in camp off of the scrap heap for some competition to try to figure out that eighth spot. After Reynaldo Lopez has gone down, you should be ashamed of yourself. You had every opportunity to make a Major League <laughs> Baseball team. You did. You had every yes. opportunity. You, <laughs> you, you had every. All you had to do was go out there and prove that you, you belonged. We're looking at you, Bennett Souza. Right. I'm looking at you, Bennett Souza. We talk big stuff about you. We were like, hey, this Bennett Souza. He might be a guy. Nope. Bennett? Nope. You should be ashamed all. of not yourself, Bennett. Terrible. Absolutely yes. atrocious. Bad yeah, showing. Just, Unlike uh, Carlos Rodan, who is uh, trying his hardest. I think he hate listens to sacks in the basement. Carlos Rodan. I envision (laughs) He might. That's fine. I envision him and his lovely wife sitting down twice a week for 30 minutes and hate listening to sacks in the basement for the amount of times that we've said he shouldn't be on this team. Because he of the $3 million signing at the end of the offseason, essentially, is doing something that proves why Don Cooper shouldn't be the pitching coach. He's using his lower body, which for some reason, I never thought of telling him to do. And all it took was for somebody to say, hey, why don't you change this? And he's phenomenal right now. I mean, it's spring training. You can't get super excited. I'm not going to buy it until he goes out there and he gives me a quality start like that. He goes six innings and he gives me a quality start against a major league baseball team in which all nine guys in the in the lineup are actual players on a Major League Baseball squad, and it's not a couple of guys thrown in there and non-roster invitees from another team. When he does that for me, I'll start to believe. But I at least believe that the Sox may pull off the upset here with their rotation. Because if you think about the fact that Lopez was atrocious and you didn't see other guys jump in there and steal a spot, are really impressed. You've got a couple of names there that are going to be in the AAA that we've been hearing of before, like, you know, Stever and Lambert and there's other guys. Nobody really asserted themselves as a challenge and a lot. And they've all, they've all basically been optioned already out of camp. So they were never really a challenge that shows the depth issue. The Sox are lucky. This is working out. There's some good fortune there, uh, but I got to give them credit. If it works out good for them, they made a good choice.
1: Well, and one thing we did say about Rodon when he came back was, you know, maybe there's something because Ethan Katz had all the film in the world on him and, and all the, the availability from from Rodon being on the Sox already, you know, before he was, was non-tendered, that maybe he did have an idea or he did have something that he could get into Carlos Rodon's head and it sounds like like you said it's working and, and it's not just you know if you look at what he's doing it's not necessarily just that he's like driving with his leg or something more or, or you know doing something that's really obvious but he definitely has changed his approach and he's now a fastball pitcher and that's what he's getting guys out on which it, if he's doing that in spring yeah he might be able to carry that over to the season but the other problem is depth it's it's you're right. Nobody mounted a challenge to him. And and forget Ronaldo Lopez. I you know the, the guy's got he had that one good outing. Ronaldo
0: Lopez sucks. I've said yeah. it so many times on this show is getting old. We we said he sucked in 2019, we said he sucked in 2020, and guess what? He sucked in spring training 2021. The guy had one good year, I think it was back in 2017 where he showed some ability or 2018. And they after well, he that, showed
1: velocity he's been, he's been
0: awful ever since. Okay. Not yeah. every prospect works out. Not every trade works out. This is goes back to something we said on this show since the beginning, you know, years ago while we we're in the middle of a rebuild, look at all these prospects. Not all of them are going to work. Prepare yourself for that. The White Sox need to start to learn that themselves internally. Like how long do you stick with a guy? I, I, don't be shell shocked because every once in a while you move on from a guy and he works out because generally you move on from a guy and 99% of the time he still sucks on the other team. And I think Reynaldo Lopez is going to be terrible on whatever team he goes to.
1: He's going to be terrible on Charlotte, quite frankly. Yeah, I, gonna, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that he's going to do well in the minors this this time around. Remember
0: that April 10th opening weekend, that's the Saturday game. It's a one o'clock start or one at 11 a.m. that day. Cork and carry at the park. Socks in the basement is going to be there for two hours of pregame portions of it live on the pod app and also on demand everywhere podcast can be found and always at socks in but get on out there. The socks in the basement, limited edition trucker hat free while supplies last. And trust me, I've got hundreds of them to give away to the crowd as they arrive at cork and carry at the park, along with the koozies, the keychains, the swag cork and carry at the park always has stuff to give away as well. We should have a blast. Great guest coming through to talk White Sox baseball. Opening day, it will be fun if you can get into the ballpark or not get into the ballpark. 33rd in Princeton, be there, not only for pregame, but if you don't have tickets, watch the game from Cork and Kerry at the park with us on April the 10th. I'm telling you right now, though, if I have to try to find a pod, work out when I'm going to be able to go to a game Have to sit with all the spacing, go through all these extra things that I have to go through. Probably not get to as many games as I would have gotten to. And I get Reynaldo Lopez at some point early on in this season. In a spot start? That's not good. That's bad. That's upsetting.
1: Unless you happen to be a fan of the other team hitting very long, hard, loud home (laughs) home runs. You're right. I would be extremely disappointed. (laughs) Socks in the basement.